Hello and welcome into Southeastern 14. <laughs> Despite some technical issues, we are here. Trey Wallace is joining me. We are going to talk about Tennessee versus the NCAA. Trey is actually not in the building at the moment, but he's been in the building to see what's going on and give us the lowdown on what's happening on a trial that has the potential to change a lot in college athletics. A reminder, this brought to you by BetOnline, which is your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with live in-game betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today. Become part of the team. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. The game starts here. Trey, Hello. Man, you've, been, you've been in courtrooms more than you probably wanted to be. We appreciate you joining us in the middle of a busy time. Uh, it's Tennessee versus the NCAA in Greenville, Tennessee. Just for, we that was fun. Guards, flags hanging outside. Um, that was fun. I didn't even know. I was yeah. like going through the back roads to get to Greenville. I didn't even know I passed the uh, – I didn't know that they – and sorry for the folks who live in East Tennessee. I forgot that they manufactured Bush beans. Like, oh, the Hendon in East Tennessee. I didn't know that until I rolled yeah. up on the big factory and there was a big old Bush's bean can sitting on the side of the road. I was like, all right, this is kind of <laughs> cool. It makes sense. Um, no, it was uh, – besides staying at the, the haunted hotel the night before, uh, all props to everybody in Greenville, Tennessee. It was fine, but I was freaked out for most of the night. Um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was an interesting time for my first time ever in a courtroom. The Greenville's what a hour 15 up I 81 from Knoxville, something like Man, that. I don't know which way you go. I, I yeah. came from the Pigeon Forge area in Wares Valley and, uh, it took me about an hour. It took me about two hours, pretty much. I, I decided to go the back way. I went through the back roads. I wanted to check out some small towns and, um, yeah, I got stuck behind a tractor, which added about. 15 minutes to the drive. So yeah, it was fun. All right. Before we get into the, the, the court part, what, what's the spectacle yeah. around the place been like? I mean, it, it, we've all seen the picture of the flag and all that stuff, but what, what is just the, the ambiance and the, the, just the craziness surrounding this? Yeah, it was, you know, maybe I thought I did, I, I you know, you saw on, on, on Twitter, you know, like Tennessee fans are like having fun, like, oh, let's have a vol walk and let's let's have tailgates and barbecues and whatnot before you know the the trial or the hearing began. Um, and I think the Greenville Police Department kind of took that to heart because when I showed up, uh, a colleague of yours, Adam Sparks, me and him, Adam were were walking up to the courthouse and we noticed there were there were 26 police officers there. And I'm like, there's only five of us here. Why are there 25, 26 police officers here? And come to find out, you know, they thought that there was going to be, you know, people with signs across the street and stuff like that. You know, not, not yelling at the NCAA attorneys, but, you know, having a big orange time. And um, uh, there were, there were, there were two fans um, I think there were two more, but they were dressed in suits. I think they were trying to be incognito when it comes to fans. But there are two fans wearing Tennessee hats. Nice, nice old gentleman. Um, and they uh, so we so before that we saw that you know I rolled up to the courthouse and I was staying a block away. 
So I rolled up to the courthouse and I see this giant Tennessee flag outside. And I was like, all right, here we go. You know, like it was one of those things. And I talked to the gentleman that, you know, helped put it together. It was some local people in Greenville that helped put the flag together and made it and all this type of stuff. I think John Compton was involved in some way. Um, he's uh, involved University of Tennessee graduate board and all that good stuff. But so that's how we get going. And then we started walking up to the courthouse and there were um, probably eight media members there, I would say, probably eight. Um most of them uh, from the local Tennessee beat. I think I was I was on the national reporter uh, that was there, but thankfully I live in East Tennessee, so so it wasn't bad of a drive. And uh, but there were there were two Tennessee fans wearing Tennessee hats, and it's funny like we walk into the the courtroom, and we're walking with the Tennessee lawyers, so the state of Tennessee, and state of Virginia lawyers. We're walking in with them. The NCAA won't act like oh, we're big bad, so they came in. Do like a side door and whatnot. And um, the two Tennessee fans sat in the first row of where you could sit. So you have to imagine, here's the NCAA, and they're facing the judge. Here's their table, state of Tennessee, Virginia on this side. Then the two Tennessee fans sat right behind the NCAA, took their Tennessee hats off, and put them right there on the, the stand and pointed them right <laughs> in the direction of the NCAA. It was fantastic, and it, it, to me, it was like, all right, here we go. Like this, this ought to be good. Uh, let's see if we hear any, you know, go big orange chance or, you know, third down for what during the proceedings. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was one of those um, interesting times, and that was before we even got going. Like we we sat in there for an hour um, before even the proceedings started. So it was. To start things off, it was interesting. And then it really got going, uh, obviously, once the judge came in and the state of Tennessee, Cam Norris, um, who was arguing both sides' case, uh, presented, I guess you would say, Tennessee-Virginia side, and it was the NCAA's turn, and then uh, Cam Norris got to present one more time. I know we'll get into that, but just trying to set the scene of what it was like in the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Tennessee's case is basically it's not fair to kids that we can't talk about this ahead of time because they don't know what the range of possibilities they can get is because it's going to differ from school. The NCA says, yes, but we've had rules. We've always had rules. You've broken them. Uh, is that a, a good way to yeah, summarize both cases? I think it's a leverage thing. Like that, 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 that language was was pointed out a couple times, you know the, you know does 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 the prospective student athlete have leverage in this, and is the prospect left in the dark? Um, yeah. and, and if we're being very blunt with each other here, okay, to everybody watching, there's already pay for play going on in college football right now, okay. Um, I think that, you know, NIL. I think I don't know if we've even really hit NIL. Yeah, and, and I can get into that later. But, you know, like the state of Tennessee, I want to stop. I'm going to say Cam Norris. Cam Norris kept bringing up, um, you know, he brought up Carson Beck and his new Lamborghini deal. He said, Carson Beck, well, here's an example of NIL working. Carson Beck bought a Lamborghini. Carson Beck did not buy a $270,000 Lamborghini. Uh, he brought up Ronnie James, uh, Olivia Dunn. Um, and those, see, that's that's where I could say, okay, that's that's, that's NIL different. actually working. 
you know, right. Olivia Dunn is a case of NIL working. She uh, does her gymnastics, does her stuff on Instagram. She promotes her the hell out of herself, gets deals. NIL. Um, right. I don't think I don't think you're paying. And this is not a slight. This is just me being realistic here. I don't think you're paying a gymnast a couple hundred grand to come to your school. Does it? No. If that makes sense. Like you get deals and whatnot, but not like how it is in college football or, or basketball or baseball, whatnot too. So you know the way the, the and the judge was very good. The judge asked questions, and and every time an argument was made by either the state side or the NCAA side. He would ask about three or four questions. And, you know, one of the biggest things was uh, what kind of leverage do these these prospects have, recruits have, or even transfer portal players have when it comes to, okay, you can have discussions about NIL. Here, here's the legal part. You can have discussions about NIL with a collective, but you can't get into specifics on a deal because that would be defined as pay for play in an inducement to come to South Carolina, right. Tennessee, Clemson, wherever. The NCAA side of it is like, okay, well, we see how this has gone on currently, and we don't feel like there is reputable harm being done to the athletes right now. That's where they screwed up because, in my opinion, that's where the NCAA screwed up at the end because they said, we don't think there is much harm being done. Much. Well, you said much harm. So you're laying it out there that, okay, there's some type of harm when a player is not able to sit. Okay, perfect example. And if Nico – Nico has been the story, right? So we'll just say Nico, okay? I'll talk about Nico. For a minute. If Nico – is sitting down with a collective and saying, okay, you guys can get me this type of deals when I get to Tennessee or wherever, whoever was talking to him before. You get me this type of deals. You can give me this type of advertisement. You can promote me. We can make some money off Instagram. We can do this, this, and this. Okay. That's what the NCAA is talking about. That's what the NCAA is like. Okay. That can work. Like we can promote this kid. This is what we think you can make. Now, by the way, we hadn't seen a player like Nico get a deal like this yet when NIL was first introduced. So there was yeah. hard, it was hard to really say, okay, this amount of money works, this amount of money doesn't work. Um, and so you get to that point where the argument goes from, okay, now is this player legally allowed to say or agree to Okay, I'll do a million and a half a year to come wherever. And yeah. the NCAA feels like, okay, that's that's your inducement. You're 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 pretty much paying for the rights to that player during his time. And the collectives are just praying that this prospect lives up to the to the hype. Because yeah. if not, you've wasted a crap load of money uh, on a player that's sitting on the bench. So, and I know you got questions, but that's yeah. That was the that was one of the main sticking points to me, and it came late in the hearing of this injunction hearing um, that stood out in a case of okay, what's really the argument at the at the bottom line of this? That's what well, 
look, you and I both know that this went off track of what the NCA, which tends to think in ideological terms, intended for it to go before the sun came up Absolutely. the first day it was legal. Um, the shark had already been jumped on all those things. Don't talk about Jim McElroy like that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That, was, that was a day. Um, I get where you're going. Is, is, is the NCA's case that, okay, where's the line of demarcation between what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do? Okay, for example, Nico Imaliva signs a scholarship with Tennessee. Yeah. His opportunities to go represent Mercedes Benz or Jimmy's Rib Shack or, or whatever he wants Gus is no different than if he signs at San Jose State. Even the NCAA is not that dumb, right? So yeah. what what is allowable in the NCAA's eyes? Are they saying, hey, you know, you're you're allowed to say, hey, look, Jim Bob Cooter signed with us last year, you know. And, and he got this much money. Are you allowed to communicate that to a prospect? Right. Hey, we can't promise you, but these are the opportunities that are open to you if you come to Tennessee. Is, is that where the line kind of got crossed, or am I missing the the boat here? No, I don't think you're missing the boat. I, I think when it when it comes to the Nico part of it, if you're just talking about Nico right now, because we can right. talk about Texas A&M's class, we can talk about Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, so on. The whole Jaden Rashada thing. Yeah, well, and that's why Florida got it, – it seems like it's the teams. I don't mean to cut you off because I want to I want to get to some other te- – because you've got some other teams that are their collectors are very active, yes. and those teams have not been busted yet. But it was Tennessee and yeah. Florida, and those are two teams that I think they, – they, they seem like the speeders that were easiest to catch on the highway. Here's where Florida got in trouble, and this is why the NCAA is looking into it. Florida got in trouble because you had two boosters, one from Florida and one from Miami. They got into a pissing contest on yeah. who could pay more and who could offer more up to Jaden Rashada to come play at their school. Was it going to be John Hathcock? I mean, I'm sorry, John Ruiz or Mr. Hathcock from Florida? You know, and you go back and forth. And then however many days it was before Jaden was supposed to sign his, his national letter of intent, blah, 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 the booster pulls out at Florida. And says, wait a minute, uh, what kind of return on investment am I getting out of this? Right. I've, I've thought about it a little bit more. I'm not going to pay $13.5 million for a player to come here and I foot the bill the whole time. Yeah. So that's where that got screwed up, where pretty much Florida Booster and the former collective, not the collective that's there now, I want to make that point very clear, the former collective at Florida that's where they screwed up in saying, yeah. hey, this 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 booster is going to take care of everything. We can put it on him. And John Ruiz and Miami, uh, they pretty much just got left. Okay, we're not going to pay that much money. He can go to Florida. He can go play football, do whatever he wants to. Um, but then the problem becomes, who knew? Okay. Did Billy Napier know? Yeah. Did, did the – uh, NIL engagement head at Florida knew you can go look up who that is. Did he know about the deal? Did he help facilitate the deal in any way? There's a lot of things that go into the Jaden Rashada thing outside of the over $13 million contract has been reported on and reported on and reported on. Right. I think, I think right now 
in that, in the NCAA's eyes, they're looking at, well, wait a minute. Okay, how did that deal come together? Were they about to pay this player to come play, which is an inducement, pay for play? Were they really going to have some kind of NIL agreement, which this NIL stuff, guys, I mean, you know, if we're being very frank with each other, a lot of it has to do with the kids showing up uh, at a boys and girls club for 20 minutes, taking a couple photos, and then they're on their way. Some of them do it the right way. Some of them go to football camp. Some of them get out there in the youth. Some of them do this, this, and this. And they do it. But a lot of these deals, it's really just, you know, you're, you're, you're there and you're going to pay. You got to show up for some autograph signings, do a couple things. But the NCAA is worried about right now is how does this factor in going forward with NIL discussions? And yeah. also, can coaches have conversations? with players about specific NIL terms. And I think that's one of the things that we see coming to. Why, why is the NCAA so anti-recruiting inducements? Because, I mean, anybody with sense knew this was going to happen the day it went out of the box. Is this a, we yeah. need to protect people against themselves? What is the reasoning for the NCAA stance in the beginning? I think a, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is, NCAA got caught with their pants down in 2021 when yeah. NIL was introduced and they put out these flimsy guidelines, Chris, and they didn't really have a way to, to didn't have any guardrails up against NIL. So you had schools out there and some collectives got ahead of the game, okay, before other schools did and started making deals and, and whatnot. And, and by the, you know, by the letter of the law back then, like most of these agreements were okay. Most of these agreements are like pay for play, but it was still kind of up to the guidelines of what the NCAA has put out there. And that's, that's the argument, you know? So I think that when it, when it comes down to it, the NCAA is not going to come out and say, this is some retro penalty. Okay. No. This is a retro penalty. This is them trying to go back and say, this is what we knew that you did back in 21 or 22 or whatnot. And let's try to find ways to go get them to make it seem like we're big, bad NCAA still. When a lot of this is going to this, this case in East Tennessee is going to either help or hurt the Florida investigation, Tennessee, Florida State, even though it's already done. And the other ones that are going on right now. Yeah. And that's what's going to be interesting to me. I know you got a question up there if you want to read it. I'm more than happy. Well, we'll, we'll get to that um, in a second before we get to Sam's question. Sam is one of our, our long timers around here, and we will get to that, I promise you. But, yeah. but I, we, we kind of touched on Florida. Florida was the Rashada thing was out in front of everybody. What what yeah. got Tennessee? I guess you could make an argue that, that I'm a Leva. I think I botched his last name. Was, no, you're was good. Similar, Say Nico. Nico, yeah, was similar in stature. Everybody knew what was going on at that point. But why did and, and I know Tennessee had just had the NCAA on its campus? Yes. You had the whole Jeremy Pruitt matter, where Tennessee kind of threw itself upon the NCA. Some would say, um, be, being honest, some would say throwing Jeremy Pruitt on the fire to to get leniency. Whatever the case is, it happened. It went down. It's over with. Was there a connection between those two, or was there another reason that the NCA decided to make an example of Tennessee? I I think that I don't I don't think that the past situation with Jeremy Pruitt 
played a lot into what's going on now. Yeah. Besides the fact that it was a big old incident that happened three years ago that just got solved this past summer. Right. And I think, you know, in in talking with, I'm trying to be careful with my words here. Well, look, let me be, there was a point in time about two or three weeks ago where you thought that there was maybe a little bit more of a connection to to that than, than was publicly thought. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, and I don't think, I don't know if that's completely done either. Yeah, okay. Meaning, meaning the NCAA, excuse me, is still going to try and say, hey, look, man, we just got done dealing with y'all for a couple different instances. One of them was sitting in a Cincinnati ballroom, boardroom, and discussing penalties and having your former head coach here and blah, 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 and, you know, while here's how one person put it while we were dealing with Jeremy Pruitt university and maybe as a third party, the NCAA saying, well, you're the collective that's tied to you was out here breaking rules while you guys were still negotiating with us on penalties and still going through an investigation. I think that's the best way to put it. Okay. Um, And I don't think, the only way the Pruitt thing, I think, can come back to Tennessee is if they get him with that multiple violator, repeat repeat yeah. offender type of deal. But as I reported, the NCAA is bundling some yeah. instances with Tony Vitello, the, we'll just say the baseball team, yeah, uh, an infraction with the basketball team, what happened with the football program? They're trying to bundle that all together and say, well, hey, look, we're not just pointing out one event that happened. We're going to throw in these other minor couple things too, which is stupid. And we're going to make this into a big old case yeah. where there's a more stuff going on than just one instance with a football player. That's why you got a couple people out there report, oh, it's multiple sports. The multiple sports are baseball and basketball. Uh, Rod Clark, the basketball coach, was suspended, uh, I think it was the first two games of the season, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, for an incident that happened two years ago with a potential player that was going to come to to Tennessee from the transfer portal. Um, Everybody remembers last year the NCAA Tennessee baseball thing. Yeah. Where Tony Vitello was suspended. And I know people want to get a little tricky with the words and say, well, did the NCAA suspend him or did Tennessee suspend him? The didn't NCAA, really matter. The NCAA was working with Tennessee and looking at him at the same time. It doesn't matter who technically suspended him. Tony V was suspended. But yeah. he paid for what he did. It's over. Like that. That's done and over, okay? Um, but now the NCAA trying to bundle them all together. I mean, that, that, that that's like – you know, that's like saying, okay, you know, you got in trouble. I got in trouble for this, but by the way, the police is going to, I got in trouble for one thing, a parking ticket, but the police and the DA is going to come in and say, well, hey, you know, you had three speeding tickets in the last three years too. So we're going to combine yeah. all this together and say, this is why we're taking away your yeah. license or this is why we're hitting you when, when it doesn't really match together. I hope that makes yeah, well, sense. Sam just threw out the phrase that was going through my head as you were saying that, which is double jeopardy and 
for those of you who didn't take business, that's trying people twice for the same crime. So that's a good movie. Right, right. It's it's been a minute, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you answered Sam's question, but if there's any the question is, there, is yeah. the answer nobody going to come after Tony for Maui and Rick for what? No, no. You've already seen Rod Clark be suspended. Um, the the Tony NCAA thing, like it's not still. I don't want to say it's like not still ongoing, but officially closing an NCAA investigation might take years. You know what I mean? Yeah. To that final piece of paperwork's done. So whatever. I, I there. What I'm getting at is that yes. The NCAA is trying to come after Tennessee's athletic department by saying there's a potential lack of institutional control because of all these events tied into one big department. That's yeah, that's what I'm getting. At. By the way, most of that could disappear. The NCAA could walk away if a judge grants the state of Tennessee and Virginia this injunction for this NIL case that's going on right now, or you know, we get down the road or, or the injunction is granted until they go to trial. And by the way, this is going to take a while before yeah. we get to a, a trial. Like the judge asked both attorneys, like how long, you know, he was asking, how long are you thinking here when it comes to discovery, uh, when it comes to depositions, when it comes to everything that goes into a trial, how long, and the, and the attorneys couldn't even answer the question. Like we don't know, yeah. judge. It's going to take a while. That's what I'm saying. That's a year, two year type of battle that could be ongoing when the NCAA could say, okay, you know what? We're not going to fight this one anymore. We got enough battles going on and court battles. We'll try to adjust our NIL rules and we won't hit Tennessee with an official notice of allegations, even though they've already received a draft. If that makes yeah. sense. So just just to lay it out on a on a timeline, you think that the NCA is going to grant or the courts are going to grant an injunction, which will basically give uh carte blanche to anybody and everybody to act as they please for the next year or so. That that'll be the first thing that'll happen. I think when the yeah, so when the injunction is granted. That's which, which you told me off off air, uh, and I'll use your words. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're 95 percent certain that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm really happy that you put that out there. Um, <laughs> God bless. <laughs> well, you, you, now, now you, you can. You, no, you tell everybody what we've been talking about in our text messages. Just <laughs> have at it, buddy. I'm sure they would love to hear it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I am. I, I'm. I'm really confident. Just, just by the judge's demeanor, um, as you air out everything that we're talking about, I'm glad it wasn't something important, and somebody on here is going to go report it. Um, <laughs> damn, goodness gracious! Uh, well, we're better friends than that, Trey. I, I get it. You, you did too, me, didn't you? You about <laughs> threw me out there. Um, no, but I think the NCAA, uh, just by the wording from the judge and the questions that he was asking. Uh, and, and the biggest thing he was talking about, these players being left in the dark. I yeah. think to me, listening to him, uh, I think he grants the injunction and, and talking with some people involved. They do too. But it's it's going to be, you know, it's an injunction that's going to last until the trial. But again, the NCAA could throw their hands up in the air and say, okay, look, we're, we're done. We're, we don't want to come back to Greenville, Tennessee. 
and then have to fight this in court, you know, every other month for a hearing or whatnot. So, and also it's going to change the landscape of college football, period. Once this injunction happens, this is why I think the spring transfer portal. Oh period my goodness. It's going to be the craziest portal period that we have had since this began because you had the collectives now that would get the opportunity to go in here and pretty much just straight up negotiate with players. Yep. Yep. No, no guideline, just negotiate with players. Okay. Uh, uh, Clem, I ain't going to say Clemson because they don't get involved with this crap. Uh, Georgia's offering $500,000. Ohio State comes back off for six hundred. dollars Georgia counters for six fifty. dollars That's what we're going to be talking about. And the judge even brought it up. He was talking about bidding wars that would potentially be going on. But that's it's capitalism, right? Like that, that that's how players profit. Well, yes, it, it, it is, but you know, the, the, the flip side of that, and I'm, I'm a free market capitalist. I have, I have no problem with it. Um, but at the same time, you look at the way our pro leagues are structured. You've got to have some sort of law and order and parameters. I mean, you just saw the greatest coach of all time in football step aside while he still had some good years left, I think. And he said, no, it wasn't that. But Nick Saban doesn't like to complain. I get it. I feel like you're going to have to have some sort of, I don't know. But I mean, look, you, you saw Sean Elliott leave leave Georgia State this morning to go take an assistant job at South Carolina. This is not good for everybody. That, is, is, there, is there not some middle ground? And I guess you could the, the rebuttal would be, well, the schools are the NCA. Well, sort of. That that doesn't really hold up in today's climate, uh, as, you're, as you're seeing in what's in front of you in the court. There, there's got to be, if, if it all goes down the way you think it's going to go down. Yeah. What what do you do in the meantime? To, but because everybody has to play by those rules going forward, but I don't think anybody likes it. Yeah, but here's the biggest problem, though, too. Don't forget, and I'll get to Sean Elliott for a minute before we wrap up. Don't forget, you got schools like Arizona, Washington, Alabama, San Jose State. I'll throw them in there. Michigan. I could go on. There's a couple other schools, right? You got these teams – that had coaching changes so late in the cycle yeah. that the players at this school, although they were given 30 days to go transfer if they wanted to or test the waters, school was also taking place. So it was hard for these players. I have a piece coming out tomorrow about this. It was hard for these players to go enroll in another school because the calendar had already started. Like you yeah. can't, you can't go enroll at a school on February 5th when you're right. a month in the classes or whatnot, like you did, you can't do it. So the players that you're seeing enter the portal right now, when there's been a couple trickle out, either they're grad transfers or they're going to wait until the spring. Like they're going to enter the portal. They'll have their name in there, but they're going to stay at their current school, work out, go through practice. Boom. But I'm telling you this fit. And by the way, it's only 15 days this time. Transfer portal is only 15 days this time compared to the winter port period. So what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of these players from these schools that did not have an ample amount of time. Like, like, like I know some players from Bama went in. Okay. I get that part, but it kind of happened so quick. 
you know, Kalen DeBoer come in. You, you know, you don't know where to go. You don't know if you should yeah. stay. And also, let's not forget, these players are feeling out the coaches just as much as the coaches are feeling oh, out yeah. the coaches. yeah, yeah. So that's why I think we're going to see a lot. We're going to see an influx of players enter this portal period. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be overwhelming. And they're all going to – not all. Let me, let me rephrase that. A good amount of these players – I think we see some good players enter as well. Good amount of these players are going to be getting into wars when it comes to finances. Yeah, that's why you were seeing collectives that are kind of freaking out at the moment, trying to raise as much money as they can in the next two months because they know once the beginning of April come to comes, at some point, yeah, you're going to need some money, some capital to purchase some players. Yeah, it's the easiest way to put it. Um, so it, it's going to be wild. I think that it's going to – I also think the next thing that happens in college football that shocks everybody is a coach leaving after spring practice. Like, that, yeah. that, that's just the next one on the checklist. Yeah. Like we saw well, what Sean Elliott did today. And, and let me say this about Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, by all accounts, is a good guy. He's always been yeah. good to me. Whatever. That's fine. He had family in Columbia. I think his family still lived in, mm-hmm. in, in Columbia. You know, and I get it. Things are tugging your way, and family comes first in a lot of situations. I, I understand it. But you are three days into spring practice, and you all of a sudden make this damn decision that you got to go, that you're going yeah. to take the tight ends coach position on Shane Beamer's staff? And nothing yeah. against Shane, but you just left 90 kids on the yeah. practice field yeah. not knowing what their future is going to look like. They don't know who their head coach is going to be. You got to go out and hire a head coach now at Georgia State, which, by the way, Georgia State's a pretty damn good Sunbelt football Sean Elliott made that into a pretty respectable program. Absolutely. So you got to go out and replace the coach. Okay? Don't forget the assistant coaches, by the way, now. They got jobs. They have contracts, but they got jobs. They don't know what a new coach might do. So they've postponed spring practice three days in, stopped it. They postponed their spring game. I imagine they probably won't even have one now. And now you've got players. There's some good players in that Georgia State team that are going that now have 30 days to go in the transfer portal if they want to. Where the hell are you going to go? There's nowhere to go. You can't go enroll to a school right now. You can go technically enroll, but not start classes and start participating with the team until after the spring. So the Georgia State players are screwed. Yeah. They got to wait until after spring practice is over to figure out where you're going. So what I'm getting at is it's all a cluster. It's all a cluster. And if this year taught us anything about coaching, about NCAA football, is to expect the unexpected. Because we saw three sitting head coaches, Chip Kelly, Halfley from Boston College, Sean Elliott, dip out on their positions in the last – two weeks and have left programs to deal with it. Yeah, no, I really wonder because this is this is going to get tied up in court. I can't see the NCA when it when it loses, if it loses this, just sitting down and taking it quietly. I mean may, maybe so, but I, I doubt it. Um no. if, if by chance this win against Tennessee, uh and and that's I mean, I guess if you want to get your home burned down as the judge, that'd be a good way to do it. Um, but look, 
you're overlaying this with the whole Big Ten SEC thing that's going on right now. Does does this all eventually get resolved through something like that rather than something like this? I think you're going to start seeing some – I think what's going to happen is I think the SEC and the Big Ten start to put out some guidelines about how they want to run their conferences in college football. And then I think you're going to see other conferences adopt those same rules. Yeah. And I think that's what the NCAA ends up going with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think it's going to be, okay, we're going to do this, and then people are going to kind of follow. Yeah. Because there's some smart guys, man. There's some smart guys in the SEC office and even in the Big Ten office. Smart dude. Tony Petiti is a smart guy, okay? Yeah. And I think he's going to be good at his position. And, and by the way, he's, he's taking advice from, from Greg Sankey, who might be the smartest man in college football. But, but, yeah. You know, in, in some aspect, you might not like him for certain things, but you can't say at the end of the day, the guy doesn't know how to run a damn conference. Anything well, no. Like I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if Greg Sankey would run the NCA, I think we'd be in a much better place. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I, better than Charlie Baker. So I think at the yeah, end well, of the day, you're going to see the Big Ten, the SEC start doing some things, from what I'm told. Um, you know, they had an SEC head coaches meeting today down in Birmingham. They discussed a lot. Recruitment, NIL, rules, a lot was went over with, with everyone down there in Birmingham today. Um, and I, I, I think SEC spring meetings will, will maybe get a sense of, of what yeah. we're dealing with. Don't forget, the college football playoff committee is going to meet next week in Dallas on Tuesday and Wednesday. Potential scheduling formats, uh, potential guidelines when it comes to, you know, what's the best way to put it? Besides the format. Uh, who gets in when it comes to the pack two that are still available, you know, in that fifth spot, you know, are they, are they going to, are they going to give that to the, the pack 12? You know what I mean? Are they going to try to dissolve that as quick as possible? I just think what we're getting at college football, I think is going to change even further over the next couple of years. And and I think NIL is, is right out in front of, of what they're trying yeah. to change. And they, and they have to, they really well, do. I mean, the thought is college football is going to split off and kind of become its own thing. Um, one wouldn't way or the other, wouldn't be surprising. I, I well, and, and yeah, I think there's too it, much money invested into this situation right now. I, I think by this, what was it, seven point eight billion dollar ESPN deal that was agreed to with the college football playoff. There's a hell of a lot of money involved, and um, the NCAA does a really great job of putting together March Madness events like that. Yeah, um, but let let's not be stupid to the fact that. Um, the NCAA has really, really screwed up on a lot of big things over the last couple of years. And there's not a lot of people out there that trust Charlie Baker anymore to run uh, college football, you know, run the organization as a whole. So, um, and even in the case, you know, as we kind of wrap up, even in a case like, like Tennessee um, and their NCAA investigation or even Florida, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. There's a reason why Tennessee went out and hired one of the biggest and baddest lawyers in the country. Um, you know, that it's charging them $2,000 an hour to represent them. Uh, the University of Tennessee is ready to sue the NCAA if they have to. They're ready to, the, the collective would be ready to sue the NCAA if they have to in regards to all of this. And I just think you have, you have so many people now that are standing up to the NCAA and saying, hey, man, look, we're really not going to take your shit anymore. Yeah. Like we're, we're kind of over it. So the fact that we've gotten to this point, Chris, I think it just signals the changes that are coming to college football. And, and 
you know, the best way to put it is they're riding down the road to their Cadillac with their middle finger up in the air yeah. outside the offices of Indianapolis. There's no other, I mean, you know, I can be nicer, but that's just, just how it is. All right, let's, let's wrap it up because I know you, you need to go. You've already been on twice as long as we agreed to. Oh, did we agree to that? Oh, is that the text messages? I'll be there. Right. <laughs> Let's try me. to protect you against me. Yeah, um, I'd hate for you to put out some of the stuff that I've texted you. Yeah, okay. likewise. Um, <laughs> any loose ends, things of note that we didn't get to tonight? No, I, I, I'm so excited for college baseball to start tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know me, man. I'm all in on college baseball now, thanks to you. Uh, and years ago, college basketball. Still crazy. Looking forward to Auburn, Kentucky on Saturday. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. That, I would love to be in Auburn for that game. That atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. There's already people camping out right now, and it's Thursday. All these students are. Um, looking forward to that. Um, that 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 uh, There's something going on in Arkansas right now with Eric Musselman. Um, he has yeah. just lost it and lost his team. Tennessee put on a thrashing of them. And you got Alabama sitting atop. And I think South Carolina – you know, with basketball, I think you just got to not even look at what happened last night at Auburn. Just throw away the tape. Yeah. Get back to winning. Um, but I'm excited, man. We're heading towards, you know, Nashville, the SEC tournament. We got Big Ten tournaments going on. College basketball, there's so much parity right now um, that, you know, I think there are 12 teams that might be able to go all the way. Like, it's just – it's one of those yeah. things. And, um, and as we know, you know, uh, college football never, never sleeps. And I think we, we hear some good news – about the college football playoff potentially uh, in the next couple of days. Please keep your mouth shut. Um, and uh, other than that, man, just rolling That on. was so innocuous, and you're just going to let me roast over this. Okay, yeah, I am. Trust me. I mean, you, you, make, a, you make a prediction with 95% certainty, and I bring that up on air. You act like I have I'm, I'm just know, saying, don't expose the text messages. So don't break the story that I've texted y'all about. <laughs> it's all I'm getting at. You know it. Gotcha. It's okay. all in good fun, buddy. All right. Well, you know I love you. Case, yeah, likewise. Most of the time. No, it's, um, it's – look, everything is – this is – I think we have learned, Chris, that this sport of college football never stops. I yeah. think uh, I, I think with, with everything – that's going on from coaches leaving to NIL to, to trying to figure out, you know, um, I mean, hell yeah, Florida lose a strength coach the other day that was on the job for three and a half weeks. Gosh. You know, so there's always news going on. Uh, you guys do a fantastic job at Southeastern 14. Uh, I'm just uh, just peddling along, man, trying to continue putting out the news and whatnot. And uh, congratulations if you're watching this live. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time leading scorer. All right. And uh, in basketball, so very cool news on that front. And uh, if you're a NASCAR fan, enjoy Daytona this weekend. If you don't like the 23 car, that's okay. But I will definitely be rooting uh, for the number 23 on Sunday. We need it to all slow down. I'm. It's really getting in my way of prep work for baseball. So, well, you got a day, right? We start tomorrow, yeah. so you got a day. So get to work tonight. So, there, game, games are getting moved up because of rain. So there's that. That's what I've heard. I know. Yeah. I know. So. It, We'll we'll see, but I am looking forward to. Um, there's there's some big games in Arlington tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Baylor, Tennessee's there. It should be a fun field. 
Uh, I think Vanderbilt, if I'm not mistaken, they're out in Hawaii. If I'm no, Vandy's Vandy's home for the weekend. Uh, That's it. I forgot who went out to Hawaii. Um, Don't mind. Uh, Somebody from the SEC. I can't think of who it is. Um, Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, Trey. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Have have a great night. We'll catch up again soon. I look forward to. I'll text you when that injunction comes in, so you can tell everybody about it on the internet before I do. So, thanks. Thanks for having me, buddy. Never leaving that one down. I know. Appreciate it, bud. (laughs) He's Trey Wallace. I'm Chris Lee. Thanks for watching us at Southeastern 14.